And we're going to go ahead and leave the rest of the day behind. Everything that happened, we're leaving it behind. Everything that didn't happen, we're leaving that behind too. And we're going to go ahead and focus in on the Lord and focus in on his goodness and, and get from him everything that, that he's got for us tonight. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and lift our hands to heaven and praise God. Father, we honor you. We give glory and praise to the name of Jesus today. Thank you, Lord, that Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is our healer. Jesus is the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus is our deliverer, our redeemer. Everything we need, Jesus is it. Hallelujah. And we're so grateful today. We thank you, Lord, for the, the status that we have with you. Status that we can only have by the blood of the Lamb, where we can come and stand before you as though we belong, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace, not because we're perfect, not because we've arrived, but because you've granted us access by giving us the gift of your very own righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, Lord, tonight we give you glory. Lord, the, the more we praise you, the more we get stirred up. The more we praise you, the more we see about things that you've done and, and things that you've worked in us and for us. And, and Lord, we, we see it in your word, but Lord, we see it in our own life experience. And we know and can testify personally of how good you are and what you've done for us. And we are so grateful. And Lord, tonight in this place, Lord, we come with great expectancy. Lord, expectation to hear from God tonight, expectation to receive things you've got for us. Hallelujah. And Lord, we're not leaving this place the same. Glory to God. We're not leaving the same tonight. We're leaving different because we're going higher tonight. We're going from faith to faith. We're going from strength to strength. We're going from glory to glory. And we're excited about everything you're going to do in our presence here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Find somebody and give them a, a hello, a high five, a God bless you. Praise the Lord. All right. Praise the Lord. Great to be with you all tonight. I appreciate y'all sitting close to the action. Uh, you know, we, we, got a, we got a big room here, so we like having you close to the action. Those of you joining by live stream, it's a joy to have you with us tonight. And we're expecting great things from the Lord. Amen. Well, let's see. Back on... What I believe was October 12th, uh, I had ministered on uh, the subject of the weapons in your mouth. And we talked about the word of God as being that number one weapon that we've got in our mouth. But we're going to go ahead and continue on that theme of the weapons in your mouth tonight. And we'll also go ahead and continue that two weeks from tonight uh, on the 30th of this month. And uh, uh, what we'll do tonight, we're going to talk about the weapon of praise tonight. 
And when we get to the end of it, that's what we're going to do. We're going to spend some time praising tonight. And then on the 30th of this month, we're going to talk about another weapon that we have in our mouth uh, that, that we can speak boldly to the enemy and put him to flight. And that being the blood of Jesus. So I, I had ministered on a Sunday a few Sundays ago regarding the blood of Jesus, but there was so much more to it and uh, that we just didn't have time to get to. This is going to be the perfect format to be able to get to it because it truly is one of the weapons you've got in your arsenal, one of the weapons in your mouth that you can speak. And, and when the enemy gets hit with those words, he doesn't have any choice but to run because, I mean, the word of God is a sword of the spirit. Jesus ran off the enemy with the word. What we're going to see about praise tonight is going to light your fire. You're going to want to become a lean, mean praising machine. When you see what is in the word of God, uh, you're going to realize that uh, what, what, what an amazing uh, 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 resource that, that we have inside of us to be able to allow the Holy Spirit to to flow out of our mouth in praise, to magnify God uh, in us and, and, and through us. And, and that the, when praise goes up, blessing comes down. When praise goes up, the enemy runs. And we're going to see in the word of God some wonderful things about that. And of course, uh, two weeks from today, as I mentioned, we'll talk about the third weapon that we've got access to in our mouth, uh, the weapon of the blood of the Lord Jesus. Amen. But uh, uh, let's get started tonight by looking at what, what is our main text, which is Psalm 149 and verse 5 and 6. It says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. And of course, we realize this, that in New Testament times, that two-edged sword, we, we saw that it's the word of God. And that sword is not one, I mean, you can carry your Bible in a sense and have a sword in your hand, but God uh, revealed this to us by using the word rhema, that being spoken word, a Greek word for spoken word, that when we're speaking the word, when God speaks it and when we speak it, it is the sword of the spirit. Hallelujah. So we're in a war. We realize that we're not in a war against each other. We just had an election that the war is not against the left or the right or the center. The wars against principalities and powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. That's what Ephesians six shows us. Also, um, what kind of fight is this as we think about being in a fight? Well, the Bible says that we should fight the good fight of faith. So the, the, what kind of fight is it? It's a fight of faith where Satan's objective is to get us out of faith. Our objective is to stay in faith. Why is that? Because if he gets us out of faith, he will win. He will. There's no other alternative. If he gets us out of faith, he's got the upper hand. He wins that battle. If we stay in faith, he loses, we win. That's how important it is. 
And so the, the fight is to stay in faith and not get out of faith. As a matter of fact, you may have to hold on to stay in faith. You may need to sometimes dig your heels in the ground, figuratively speaking, and grit your teeth and say, I'm holding on to what God said, no matter how bad this looks, no matter how bad it seems, no matter what my checkbook said or the doctor said or anything else. And I got to tell you, at a time like that, it is a fight to stay in faith. But if you do, you end up winning. Glory to God. That's the way it goes. And uh, we talked about God's word as a weapon in our mouth. But tonight we're talking about the high praises of God in our mouth. That weapon of praise. Um, one thing, uh, and, and the Bible lays out something very interesting uh, in Second uh, Corinthians 10 where it talks about the weapons of our warfare. And it gives a description of what they're like and what they do. It says, first of all, that they're not carnal. They're not fleshly weapons. Uh, they're, they're, they're uh, really not weapons that you can see. I mean, you can look in your Bible and see words in your Bible, but, but, but you've had a, a Bible sitting on your coffee table for years and it didn't do a whole lot for you. But when you get it in your heart and then you get it in your mouth, that's when it's doing something. Hallelujah. So these weapons are, are not carnal. And, and really one, one thing to notice is that we're, we're dealing with weapons that are unseen. Because we're talking about words. We're talking about the word of God being in our mouth. We're talking about praise being in our mouth. You can hear it, but you can't see it. You can hear me say, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God's so good. I magnify the Lord and give him praise tonight. You hear it, but you don't see it. But just because it's unseen does not mean it's a, a, a weapon that's diminished of its effectiveness. Because I want you to know that with God, things that aren't seen, woo, they pack some punch. Because I want you to know God made everything that we see, everything that you can touch and put your hands on, God made it out of what is unseen, the, the visible Worlds were created by invisible words. Oh, I tell you, you just can't get enough of that. Visible words, visible worlds created by invisible words. Glory to God. So we see that these weapons are not carnal. They're not fleshly and they're not seen. But they're no less mighty. These weapons are mighty in God. These weapons pull down strongholds. These weapons cast down arguments. These weapons uh, cast down every high thing that would try to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Every time you have that thought that says, I know God said that, but. And, uh, and, and the, that, that high thing that would try to say, yeah, God says that, but I know better. Or God says that, but have you considered this? Anything that does not allow the word of God to be absolute final authority. These weapons are intended to cast down every high thing that would want to cast himself uh, or exalt himself above the knowledge of God. And these weapons also bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. 
I, I love the, the example of the, the bouncer at the door of your mind. And hey, thoughts want to come to the party. But, but the bouncer there, and he looks at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, which is the invitation list. It says, whatsoever things are pure and lovely and of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's any praise, think on these things. That, that's the invitation list. Those are the thoughts that are invited to the party. Hey. <laughs> and, and so figuratively speaking, you've got the bouncer at the door of your mind. He's got the invitation list. And if a thought is trying to get in your mind that's not invited to the party, no, you ain't, you ain't getting in here. Because here's the thing, just because a thought presents itself to you does not mean you thought the thought or are thinking the thought. Are you with me on that? Just because you're presented with something doesn't mean you're thinking it. You know, a lot of times we beat ourselves up because a thought would present itself to, to us and we just figuratively slap ourselves and say, how dare you think that? And the real truth of the matter is you didn't think it. It came and presented itself to you. It knocked on the door. It's trying to get past the bouncer and into the club. You know what I'm saying? But glory to God, if you keep that invitation list right there and, 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 and that, that invitation list is the filter of who goes to the party and who doesn't go to the party. <laughs> and you say, no, no, no. Hey, if you're not on the list, you ain't getting in. Praise the Lord. And I'll tell you what, what a blessing it is that, that we actually have authority and say so over what gets into our mind. And, you know, something can knock on your door real hard trying to get in and be very persistent. But you still have the say so on what gets in and what gets left out, because what presents itself to you is not what you think about what you allow to stay and what you dwell on is what you're thinking about. So you, you can be presented with something, but that's not you thinking on something. That's you being tempted. See, temptation is not a sin. Otherwise, Jesus himself would have sinned because Jesus was tempted. But he was tempted in all points like we are, the scripture says, yet without sin. So temptation is not sin. So sometimes we beat ourselves up for getting tempted. And, you know, temptation happens to everybody. The Bible says there's no temptation that's happened to you, but such as is common to man. So just realize this, recognize this, that when temptation comes your way, it's going to happen. But glory to God, you don't have to give in to that. You don't have to sign for that. You don't have to allow those kind of thoughts to come into the, uh, into the party. No, no, no. You go ahead. St stick with that invitation list God gave you. Philippians 4.8. If they're on that list, they can go. If they're not on that list, you got to go. Go the other direction because you ain't coming into me. Hallelujah. And I'll tell you, that right there will, will serve you well. Praise God. Um, all right. I could go on a little bit more with that, but, but I think that that's a good introduction. And now I want to go ahead and focus in on the weapon of praise tonight. So we saw that uh, uh, in our last time we talked about the, the weapon of the word of God. And uh, that was October 12th. And, and if you missed it, thank God we've got ways to relive the moment. If you didn't miss it, you can relive the moment. Uh, through our uh, podcast, through our live stream. And uh, if, 
If you need help getting that, there are plenty of people around here that would be glad to help you. But uh, praise has a whole lot more to, to do than just singing a few songs before the preacher gets up to preach. Praise is a whole lot more than that. As a matter of fact, God intends for you to do more than just praise when you come to church on Sunday. And, oh, it's praise and worship time. And if that's all the praising you're doing in a week, you're missing out on a whole lot of good stuff. And uh, missing out on a whole lot of uh, spiritual effectiveness. Because God intends for this to be part of your lifestyle. God intends for you to go around with the the, the sword, the, the two-edged sword in your hand, of course, understanding that the, the, that's an Old Testament term and the New Testament, that two-edged sword's in your mouth. But it also, in Psalm 149, like we read, and it's right up there, the high praises of God in your mouth. And not just on Sunday morning, praise the Lord. Now, uh, let's check this out. Psalm 8 and verse 2 says, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. And you look at that and say, well, that's a nice verse, but I don't see anything about praise in there. But I want you to go with me because we're going to see how Jesus translated this verse. And, uh, uh, when you see how Jesus translates it, then you see everybody's got a commentary about something out there. You've got this guy with a commentary and this guy with a commentary and Bibles with a whole lot of footnotes. Well, if Jesus got footnotes on something, you know his is reliable. I'm old Joe out there. His may be good or not so good. But Jesus, if he's going to comment on scripture or if he's going to go ahead and show you uh, a true interpretation of scripture. He's the one to listen to. He's the author. Glory to God. Matthew 21. Now in this context here, you've got little children around saying Hosanna to the son of David. And you got a whole lot of religious leaders getting mad at that. That's the context of what's going on. So the little children saying Hosanna to the son of David. Jesus had just had his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The Sunday before he was crucified. And so uh, they, the, the religious leader said to Jesus, do you hear what these are saying? Talking about the children. And Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. So what we just read as ordained strength Jesus translates here as perfected praise. So if we look back at the original verse, which is Psalm 8, verse 2, if you just backtrack there for a minute. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger, then you realize this, that your praise has something to do with shutting the enemy up around you. Glory be to God. Isn't that great? As a matter of fact, this verse here 
in the contemporary English version of the Bible. I'm going to read it to you. It says, with praises from children and from tiny infants, you have built a fortress. It makes your enemies silent and all who turn against you are left speechless. Glory to God. So with praises from children and tiny infants, and how are we instructed to come to the Lord? Jesus told us to come as a little child. Come on now. So, so as you come to your daddy, Abba Father, your daddy, and you come uh, wanting to, uh, you, you know what, what the sound is like when you hear, daddy, daddy, daddy. Oh, James, you ever heard that before? <laughs> you hear that every day, man. <laughs> and and what, what a blessing that is because that, that, the, the exuberance with which a child says, Daddy, says something to Daddy. And the exuberation with which you speak his name and call out to him, that does something to him. Hallelujah. But it also does something to the enemy. The enemy does not stay around at that moment. The enemy doesn't keep flapping at that moment. The praise, what praise does, it silences the enemy and the avenger. Glory to God. So, has there been whispering in your ear lately that you would like to shut up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we talked a few minutes ago uh, about those guys trying to get into your mind, you know, trying to get past the bouncer and see if they can gain access into your mind. You want to shut some things up? Go ahead and start praising. Hallelujah. You know, when you start praising, glory to God, when your mouth is open with praise, the enemy's mouth gets shut. Let me repeat it for somebody. When your mouth is open with praise, when you open your mouth with praise and let praise come out of your mouth, what happens to the enemy's mouth? His mouth is shut. He silenced. Glory to God. Now, let, let's go ahead and, and look at another scripture that, that really uh, helps to seal the deal on, on that thought of what praise does to the enemy. Second Samuel Chapter 22 and verse 4 says this, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So, have you ever gotten happy about the word so before? So shall I be saved from my enemies. Now, that word so would mean by so doing. Or in doing so. So if we're going to read it like that. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. By so doing, I shall be saved from my enemies. By doing so, I will be saved from my enemies. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And by calling out to him and by praising him and acknowledging his worthiness, I will be saved from my enemies. You see that. Glory to God. So talk about shutting them up. You get saved 
from your enemies. Don't give your enemies the access that they're looking for. You don't grant the enemy the, uh, the opportunity he's looking for. By praising, you get saved from your enemies. Now, understand this, that continual praise will result in continual victory. So if uh, praise will cause you to be saved from your enemies, you know that your enemy doesn't just show up once a week. <laughs> your enemy doesn't just show up on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night. Your enemy's showing up all the time, trying any chance he can get to do anything he can to mess with you, mess with your family, mess with your finances, mess with your health, whatever the case is. But you see, continual praise will result in continual victory. Because if praise will cause you to be saved from your enemies, and it will, then as you continually praise, you're continually saved from your enemies. If praise silences the enemy and the avenger, which it does, then as you continually praise, you, you, you know, you got a mute devil around you. He got a whole lot to say, but he's not able to say it because as you praise, he's silencing. He wants to. He wants to flap his gums at you, but he gets silenced. The praise goes up, his volume goes down. Come on. <laughs> now, continual praise results in continual victory. Let's look at this. Psalm 34 and verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. This is continual. This is nonstop action here. You say, well, Pastor Ray, you know I got to sleep, I got to work, and I understand, so do I. Yeah, yeah, preachers work too, despite what some people think. But, 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 but the, the truth of the matter is this, is that in your life as you're going through your day, there's just a constant flow, you know. Uh, you, you're kind of walking between one task and the other, and you're saying, glory to God, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, I, I was messing with one of our guys. Uh, I was in his office one time and banged my knee up against his an open file cabinet. And, 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 you know, at a moment like that, you could say something. And you know what I said? I said, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and praise the Lord. I'm glad I said that. But, but, of course, you don't say that by accident. You train yourself to say stuff like that. Because a lot of people say something different in a moment like that. Oh, Lord. But, but I'll tell you, what, what, what a blessing it is just to have a, a regular routine in your life of praising God. Don't be a part-time praiser. Be a full-time, overtime, all-the-time praiser. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know how to do that? You just start doing it. You just make that a regular practice, a regular part of your spiritual discipline. When you might be in the car and, uh, uh, and, and just for, for no reason except God is good and, and you just like to, the, the, the devil might start doing his thing and you want to shut him up 
and you start praising. Hallelujah. So your mouth gets open, his mouth gets shut, and oh, you're just having a praise party in the car all by yourself. What a blessing that is. That's his praise continually being in your mouth. Let's go ahead and look at some more scriptures. Psalm 35, uh, 27 through 28. It says, let them shout for joy and be glad. By the way, uh, a lot of times people think that if you do this, kind of stand still and do this, you know, that this is praise. But I want you to know praise is you saying something Praying is, praise is you declaring something about who God is and how great God is. And praise is very often not just you saying, God is so good. But, but you can shout for joy and be glad. You can go ahead and declare something loudly. I want you to know that in this house, we don't mind some loud praise. We, we, we don't come in here on Sunday morning to try, try to be cute and sweet. No, I gotta tell you, God been so good. Uh, you know, the idea of being cute and sweet, forget about that. You know, when, when you've been saved from uh, uh, just the, the absolute degradation that, that, that many have been saved from. And, and you've been delivered, uh, from things that people have been delivered from. And, and people that know that they had absolutely no chance of hope in life. And yet Jesus gave them hope. I don't want those people to be quiet about it. I want them to go ahead and raise their hands and praise him like they just don't have a care. Hallelujah. So that, that, that's all. Inspired by the word shout. Woo! <laughs> let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually. Come on, continually. There it is again. Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Verse 28. And my tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Woo. All day long. Starts in the morning. Mid-morning. Here we go. Lunchtime. Here we go. Mid-afternoon. Yeah. At that time when, when you know, you, the, the, the eyelids start getting heavy and it's like, oh Lord, it's siesta time. Here we go. But, but, but all day long, you're praising them. I got to tell you, praise will do you better than a cup of coffee. And I had a good cup of coffee to start my day, but I want you to know, praise will do you better than a cup of coffee. Praise will do you better than anything. Glory to God. Because it, it, what, what praise does, let me say this to you. It will direct your focus on him. It will get your focus off of you. It will get your focus off of what's going on and it'll get you focused on the Lord his goodness, what he's doing, what he's about, because we spend a whole lot of time thinking about what the enemy's doing, talking about what the enemy's doing. And what, when, we, when you do that, what are you doing? You're magnifying him. You're putting a magnifying glass on him and making him look like he's the big one. But I want you to know, little devil, big God. Let's go ahead and do this right. Let's not go ahead and put a magnifying glass on the devil. Let's put a magnifying glass on the Lord and talk about him. Talk about how great and grand and glorious he is. And let's do that all day long. Psalm 63, verse 3 to 5. It says, because your loving kindness is better than life, 
my lips shall praise you. Verse four, thus I will bless you while I live. As long as I live, I will bless you. I will lift up my hands in your name. Verse five, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Hallelujah. I love that. I will praise you while I live. So how long do I praise the Lord for? Well, how long are you going to live for? I will praise you while I live. Every day, glory to God, praising God, honoring him, magnifying him, centering attention on him. And what does it do? You know what it does. It shuts the enemy right up and it causes you to be saved from your enemies. Hallelujah. Now, Psalm 71, verse 8. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. I, I, you, you know, the, the goal of the Spirit of God through the word tonight, I'm going to tell you what God's goal is. God's goal is for you to be an everyday praiser. Everyday praiser, that this is lifestyle for you. This is what you do. This is how you do. When, when you wake up feeling good, you're a praiser. When you wake up feeling like you need to give an altar call and then raise your hand and respond to your own altar call. Hey, you ever have a day like that? Oh, Lord. Yeah. Even on a day like that, we praise him. Continual, continual, continual. And that's not just an Old Testament thought. That's a New Testament thought. Hebrews chapter 13 says this. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And once again, the the giving praise to God is not just you saying, praise the Lord, hallelujah. But, you know, and it's, it's not just you kind of maintaining some kind of posture or position, but it's the fruit of your lips. That means your lips are moving. Your lips are saying something. And the fruit of your lips, giving out thanks to the Lord for what he's done, giving out thanks to him for what he's done. It's coming up before God as a sweet smelling sacrifice. And how often should we offer this sacrifice? It said, let's do it continually. Now, I love this. Look at Psalm 89, verse 1. So we talked about as long as I live and all day long. Well, how about this? I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I want you to know that praise is so good that God is not just intended for the time you're living here on this earth. When you get a glimpse of what heaven's like and the redeemed gathered around, Praising the, the, the one, praising the lamb who's redeemed them by his blood. When you get a picture of what heaven's like, that's what we're doing. We're singing of the mercies of the Lord forever. Forever. You say, you mean praise is that good that we could do it forever and enjoy it? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, if you don't think so, then you really don't know what it's like to praise. Because, man, when you get praising going, oh, glory to God. When you really get to praising God and magnifying him, 
Ooh, and he becomes big and everything else becomes so small and, and so insignificant in his sight. I tell you, yeah, you, you get to a place that you want to stay at forever. And what's the rest of the verse say? It says, with my mouth will I make known your faithfulness to all generations. So this continual use of our mouth to magnify God, to make him big, to make him large. He's large and in charge. Hallelujah. And, and, and to go ahead and, and let the, the praises of him be known and his faithfulness be known. Who's it for? It's for all generations. Glory to God. For the old school. From the new school. Hey, hey. For those that sing, great is thy faithfulness. And those that sing, great is thy faithfulness to me. Whatever spectrum you're on of the praise, all generations. Hallelujah. Who does the spirit of God fall on according to the prophet Joel? All flesh. Your sons, your daughters, the old men, the young men, the, 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 the old, the young, cross, cross the, the, the barrier of ages. Uh, both the, the men and the women get to experience this. Hallelujah. And glory to God. So all generations have the opportunity to continually praise. And by continually praising, you're experiencing continual victory. Now, we're going to talk about it, but I'll tell you, when we wrap up tonight, we're going to do it. So I'm just warning you right now, we are going to praise God in this place. Hey, <laughs> hallelujah. Now, um, how many of you remember there was a time when, when Moses and the children of Israel had, had to deal with this uh, group of people called the Amalekites? And the scripture says something very interesting. That as Moses had his hands lifted up at the top of the hill when the battle was going on in the valley, as long as he had his hands lifted up, Israel was prevailing against the Amalekites. But then when his arms got tired and his arms started to droop, then the Amalekites were prevailing against the Israelites. And Aaron... Moses' brother, and this man named Hur, not H-E-R, H-U-R, got on one side and one got on the other and had Moses sit down and they positioned his hands to stay up. Oh, yeah. And all the way until the point where the battle was fully won. Something about, and praise is more than a posture, but I want you to see something here. That that posture of praise, that posture of lifting up your hands to heaven, sometimes you need some help doing it. Sometimes it's hard to do it by yourself. That's why it's interesting that one of the verses we read earlier said, let us exalt his name together. It's good to have some brothers and sisters that, that when you are down, They'll come around you and say, no, we're going to go ahead and praise the Lord today. We're not going to go ahead and sit in the mud and mourn and, 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 and be sad and gloomy. 
No, we're going to praise God. It's sometimes it's good to have somebody to help your praise. <laughs> hey, help you maintain that, that posture of praise, that flow of praise, where we're not going to go ahead and allow this battle to go into the enemy's hands and to go into the enemy's win column. No, we're going to keep the praise going so that this one is for the Lord and the Lord's people, and that rather than you being on the losing side of this, you get to be on the winning side of it. Praise God. Continual praise equals continual victory. When we praise him, we magnify who he is. We rehearse his goodness. Something about rehearsing his goodness. Telling of the things that the Lord has done. We get reminded of how powerful and awesome he is. When we praise him in spite of our circumstances, we'll begin to notice a difference in our circumstances. Come on. When you praise him in spite of your circumstances, you start to notice a difference in your circumstances. When you praise him and magnify him. Someone take your magnifying glass and put it up to heaven. You know, we've taken the magnifying glass and put it on the problem or put it on that, that, that crazy person who's messing with us at work or, or put it on the devil. But if you take that magnifying glass and put it on the Lord and magnify him, he starts to look bigger in your situation. And he is bigger than your situation, but praising and magnifying him reminds you of that. Uh, praising God brings everything back into perspective and problems that once seemed like mountains are reduced down to size when compared to the magnitude and the majesty of God. Mm, mm, mm. Problems that once seemed like mountains are reduced down to size when compared to the magnitude and the majesty of God. So you see, God's already big. So God really can't get any bigger. But your view of him can get bigger. How you see him can get bigger. And the perspective of a praiser is described in this. You see the bigness of God and the littleness of everything else. That is the perspective of a praiser. When, when you're not a praiser, you can say, yeah, I know God's there, but what about all this stuff I got to deal with? But the perspective of a praiser says, oh yeah, there's this stuff down here, but I ain't focused on that. I'm focusing on him. Because, you see, the perspective of a praiser causes God to look big and causes everything else to look small and, and insignificant in the light of him. Now, the, 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 the word magnify is used in scripture. We saw it a few times tonight. But, but the Hebrew word for it, uh, some meanings are to, to grow, to promote to make great, to cause to make large. So, so to, to make great, to cause to make large, very much the, the, the use of the word that, that, that we would use, especially when using a magnifying glass 
or uh, the, the magnification of the lenses in your glasses to cause something to look bigger. Uh, 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 it's very much the, the same thought. The, the Greek word is to make or declare great, to enlarge, to show as great. You know, uh, the, these, these verses, I, I believe that these just need to be part of our, uh, uh, part of your weaponry, part, part of your arsenal against the enemy. Psalm 34, verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Or Psalm 69, verse 30. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. Magnify the Lord. You, you know, we're getting close to Christmas time. And what a beautiful thing. The words that Mary spoke to her cousin Elizabeth in Luke chapter 1. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. We're talking about magnifying. Hallelujah. And you know, what, what, one of the great scenes in the book of Acts at a time when uh, Gentiles were, were uh, really first introduced to the gospel in an Italian guy's house named Cornelius. And you see this happening in Acts 10 with verse 45. And it says, those of the circumcision, talking about the Jews who were there, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. What did they do? They, they enlarged God. They showed God as being great. They, they made uh, 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 or declared him as great. Because that's what the word means. And man, when you get to doing that, hallelujah. And when you get to focusing in on that, oh my goodness, what does that do? You see, the, the, the big battle is there's so many things that are calling out for your attention and saying, I need to be dealt with and I need to be dealt with now. So many things in your life that are just calling out to you that said, I, I need the time and I need the attention. Uh, uh, you, you know, if I don't get dealt with, you know, well, what about this? You, you know, the whatabouts. You ever have a case of those where, 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 you know, you're, you're trying to have some peace and sanity, but your mind's going, well, the, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And, and to the point where you got to keep this, uh, you know, keep your post-its close by or, or keep your phone close by so you can keep on making notes about all the whatabouts. But sometimes you just got to say, all right, the whatabouts will still be there when I'm done. I need to take a moment and magnify the Lord because this stuff is getting too big. This stuff is getting too demanding of my attention. And I want to take my attention and my affection and put it on the Lord. Hallelujah. 
I'm going to go ahead and praise him and magnify him. And as I do that, and he gets bigger in my sight, and he gets grander in my sight, and he gets enlarged in my sight, then you know what happens to everything else? Everything else that looks so big before, woo, it starts shrinking. Hallelujah. Now, glory to God. Let's see. We got time for this. We might. We'll go ahead and give it a shot. But I want you to go ahead and see this. This is a very fascinating portion of scripture. Because when faced with big time enemy, you would not think that this would be a course of action to take. But I want you to see a real life example of what happened in the history of the nation of Israel. And and with the uh, uh, king, uh, I believe it was King Jehoshaphat. This is Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. And when he, that being the king, is that? No, that's not it. I must have written down the wrong Second Chronicles twenty twenty. Oh, I must have written down the wrong one. I'll pull it up on my phone so I can tell you what the right one is. Praise the Lord. All right. Second Chronicles chapter 20, because I want you to see this. This is too good to miss. All right. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, with, I'm in verse 21. So, so we'll go ahead and skip to 21. There we go. No, that's not it either. Uh, go back to 20. We'll read the whole thing. That's all right. And when he had consulted with the people, there we go. That's what I was looking for. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord. Keep going. For his mercy endures forever. All right. Now, verse 22 says this. Now, when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Verse 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. Think about this. What a battle strategy that we're going to go ahead and put singers out in the front who will praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army, verse 21 said they were singing, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And as they began to sing and praise, it opened up something. This was not opened up until they sang and praised. The Lord set ambushes up against the people that were gathered against Israel to the point where these guys that came against Israel actually started destroying one another. And how did this happen? What was the genesis of this? It started with God's people praising. And until they praised, this was not initiated. But God can initiate something when you start praising that a minute before you praised, 
he still wanted to do, would have liked to do, but was not necessarily at liberty to do because praise does something in the heavenlies. Your praise affects something where it allows God to do something he wants to do and it stops the enemy from doing something he wanted to do. There's such power here. We need to realize this. There is such amazing power here in praise. You know, uh, uh, one thing you got to realize, and we'll, we'll go ahead and skip over Isaiah 61, but uh, you, you need to realize this, that the Bible talks about us putting on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. You know that the, the, the idea of praising is not something that you have to feel like doing. It's just something that you go ahead and do. Because, you know, in the same sense that you put on a garment, there's an intentional act in doing that. There's the intentional action of putting something on. Well, the scripture says in Isaiah 61 to put on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. So if you're feeling heavy, you can intentionally start praising. You can intentionally start lifting your voice and raising a hallelujah to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. And at that moment, you're seeing something happen. You're seeing something break through. You're seeing something turn around and go right. Because when you put on the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness, what you're doing is you're taking an act of faith. And I'll tell you what, all of the use of the weapons God's given you as steps of faith. When you speak the word, when you praise, you're not doing it because you feel like it because most of the time you're not going to feel like it. I'm going to tell you right now. In, the, in, in uh, certain situations I was uh, dealing with recent time, there was absolutely nothing inside of me that felt like praising at the moment. But you know what I did? I praised anyway. Sometimes you got to say hallelujah anyhow. Sometimes you just got to not allow yourself to be sidetracked by the, the things and by the, the feeling of the moment and say, I'm going to go ahead and not just go by what I feel at the moment. I'm going to praise him till I feel different. I'm going to praise him until things turn around. I'm going to praise him all the way through the test till you get to the testimony. Come on, praise him in the midst of the test with the testimony being the goal. And of course, sometimes when you're going through the test, <laughs> if, if I can have a little fun with a quote from a movie, uh, a movie uh, uh, you, you remember, show me the money. Anybody remember that? Well, well, the, this line here, when you're going from test to testimony and the test is lasting too long, you say, show me the money. Can, can we get the, to the testimony part of this? Show me the money, somebody. I'm done with the test. But glory to God, as you keep on going and keep on praising, you withstand the test. But you get to the point where you got a testimony. Hallelujah. Acts 16, I want you to see this. What to do? When you don't feel like, at a moment when you least feel like having a praise fit. Think about this. This is Acts 16, talking about Paul and Silas, starting with verse 22. Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. 
And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. And having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and, and fastened their feet in the stocks. Someone once said Paul would have been great on Wall Street because he was always into stocks and bonds. Uh, next verse. But at midnight, oh yeah, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. Are you chained? Is there an area of your life where you are chained? Is it midnight in your life? Does it feel like it's the the latest, darkest hour regarding a certain situation in your life? Well, if you're feeling like it's midnight and you're feeling like you're chained, Would you praise him? Would you praise him? Right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of a a prison where it feels like you're locked into something you can't get out of. But would you praise him right in the middle of that and see what God will do to get you from your test to your testimony? But realize this. We love to praise God for the victory. You know, we want a great victory. Let's praise God. And that is absolutely appropriate. But to get to the victory, we often miss that part of it. We think, well, we got the victory now, so let's praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. But the Bible shows that to get to victory, you've got to praise. To get to the point where the chains were loosed, they had to praise while chains were on. And I got to tell you, we need to understand this principle in our own life that praise is not just reserved for the moment when you say, "Woo, that one's over. Now we can praise the Lord. No, praising the Lord gets you to the point where it can be over. Praising the Lord gets you to the point where you can have victory over that thing. So we're not just saving praise for the last chapter. No, you praise him while you're in it. You praise him while it's staring right at you. You you praise him right at the moment when it seems like praise should be the last thing on your mind. And you praise him anyhow because that's the thing that gets you to the point of victory. And what you do when you get to the point of victory, go ahead and praise him some more. Hey, hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Now. As we get ready to close, how many of you and different people have heard more about the Bible and heard less about the Bible? But if you've ever heard anything about the walls of Jericho, when the Israelites first entered the land called the promised land, they crossed over the Jordan River to the other side, but they knew that the it wasn't. It was a great reason to celebrate that they were there, but there was a whole lot of work to do. Why? There were giants in the land, big walled cities to overtake, and Jericho was probably one of the biggest of them all. 
God gave specific instructions. God told them to march around the city. One time. Two times. Three times. Four times. Five times. Six times. And then I believe that on the seventh day, he told them to walk around there seven times, if I remember correctly. No. So you got these people walking around and look at God's final instruction. Joshua 6 and verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. So what happened at the end of that seventh trip around? The priests blew the trumpets. God's command was to shout at that moment. Remember, let them shout for joy who favor your righteous cause. That's a shout of praise. Come on now. The people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city. So here, you've got walls that historians said were so thick, so, so big, that they had, could have chariot races right on top of the wall. So it's not like, you know, here, here's a, a wall, you know, about, you know, a, a foot or, or two feet. I mean, you're having chariot races up there. These walls are thick. I mean, these walls are, are intended to be impenetrable. But God's getting his people marching around. And at the right moment, he says, shout. Shout with a voice of triumph. <laughs> shout. While the wall's still up, they shout. And after they shout, then the walls fall flat. Once again, we see this. And God wants to impress this in our hearts. You don't wait for walls to fall down first and then praise. No, you praise and then the wall falls down. And then what you do, you praise some more. So can you think of some walls in your life? Can you think of some chains in your life? Can you think that, that it can feel like midnight in some ways? And that you're in a place like Paul and Silas were in a prison. It feels like you're in a prison in a place that you can't get out of. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and exercise our faith tonight. And we're not going to look cute. We're going to go ahead and praise God with everything inside of us and have faith in him that our praise in this moment is having an impact on the thing that we're in, the, the situation we're in, the problem that you're dealing with, and that while you praise him, while that thing's still in existence and still there, but then when you praise him, it allows God to do something about it, and it also causes you to be saved from your enemies. It causes the enemy that's been wah, 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 flapping up against you with, with, with his words that, that it will still the uh, the enemy and the avenger, as the scripture said.
And what happens then? By praising when the wall's still up, you actually cause that wall to fall down. So just like in the same way that uh, the, the last time Pastor John uh, did a prayer night, had us to, to go ahead and walk things out and, and, and pray things out and, and get, get out of the, the comfort zone a little bit and do something you might not have been used to doing. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to go ahead and praise God in this place right now. And with a picture in your heart and mind of whatever the thing is that seems to be impenetrable, that you can't get out of, that you can't get over, the thing that you're chained to, whatever that enemy is that's been flapping in your in your ear and talking about and talking about and talking about, we're dealing with that right now with praise. And we're doing it by faith because the wall's still up. But we're praising them while the wall's still up because praise will call the, cause the wall to fall. Are you ready? This is what we're going to do. Stand up with me and right where you're at. And don't be cute about it because I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be cute. Let's praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We declare the greatness of God tonight. We declare that God is bigger than anything. God is bigger than that health condition. God is bigger than that financial condition. And we magnify the Lord. We enlarge him. Woo! We make him look big in our sight. Because he is big. That's who he is. Glory to God. Go ahead and do it, everybody. Lift your voice to God and praise him and make some declarations of his bigness and his greatness and that he's bigger than the stuff you are dealing with. Hallelujah. Yeah. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. You have God's bigger. Yeah, God's bigger. He's great. He's great and glorious. We magnify him. We magnify him. We magnify the Lord tonight. Oh, come on. Don't let that volume go down. Keep it up a little bit longer. There's a wall that needs to fall, somebody. Your praise. Your praise has an impact on the wall. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we believe that this has an impact. We believe that this is a mighty weapon in the spirit. We believe that the enemy is silenced and that we are saved from our enemies because we're praising. And we're not just praising you tonight for a few minutes, but we're committing to a life of praise. Your praise shall continually be in our mouth. My mouth will be filled with your praise all day long. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One more thing we got to do before we go is now take it up to another level and picture the very thing that you are praising God about, the very thing that is the, the issue, the problem in your life. 
picture that thing fixed. Picture that thing fixed and go ahead and respond how you would when it is fixed. Woo! Glory to God forever. Hallelujah. Woo! Yeah. Glory to God. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Yeah. See it. See it. Praise him as though it had already taken place. Praise him now as though the wall had already fallen. Praise him now as though the chains are already loose. Praise him now as though the prisoners have been set free. Yeah, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hey, family, I think y'all are on to something tonight. Y'all are on to something. This will absolutely work. God's weapons are mighty to pulling down strongholds. This works. The word works and the weapon of praise works. So I want you to go ahead and go forth from this place tonight, praising your God and magnifying him. Big God, little problem. Big God, little devil. That's the perspective. Maintain that perspective. Maintain that, that, that view because that is the correct view. Anything else, any other view is a skewed view. The only correct view is big God, little devil, big God, little problem, because anything looks small and insignificant compared to the magnitude and the majesty of our God. Hallelujah. Yeah. There it is. Boom. Hallelujah. It'll make you want to run home tonight rather than drive home. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, as we go tonight, we honor you and give you glory. If there's anyone in this place that does not know Jesus, I would love to be able to pray with you. You can come see me after the service. If there's any, uh, uh, anybody in the house that is uh, dealing with uh, 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 big-time problems in your life, be a doer of what you heard tonight. Here's the thing. No matter who you are, you can be a doer of this. This is for everybody. You, you don't just wait. <laughs> until a big problem comes. No, do it now. Hallelujah. And so I encourage you tonight, in Jesus' name as we go, Lord, we commit to you to, to, to do things in a way that is right in your sight. And Lord, to, to praise you, magnify you, put our focus on you. We love you and adore you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.